and welcome to another episode of A Shot Glass of Recovery with your host, Julie, half of the dynamic duo that brings you the podcast, Two Sober Chicks. Hi, welcome back. I apologize that apparently I'm screeching in your ears lately. And I have to admit, I am not a producing wizard, so my knowledge of any kind of podcast production is very limited. So I'm trying to work on my volume levels, and I thank you for your patience. I was just thinking about what makes an alcoholic. Like, what is an alcoholic? Isn't everybody some kind of addict? And what came to mind for me is my definition, first of all, of an addict or an alcoholic is someone that continues to exhibit a behavior despite negative consequences that affect them or others. So that could be going to jail. That could be uh, causing a big rift in your marriage or relationship. That could be forgetting things because you're drunk and in a blackout. That could be falling. That could be emptying your bank account. I mean, the range of consequences are vast. Often people make it about how much you drink. I remember um, when I used to do the... 12-step talk in a prison here, a men's prison here. I would do a two-day program of a lecture on the 12 steps. It was a certificate program. And often the gentlemen would enter the room and laugh. And they actually wouldn't laugh until I said, hi, I'm Julie, I'm an alcoholic. Because they looked at me and went, what? Um, So I was often asked by them how much I drank or there were comments that, you know, they could drink me under the table or did I have a glass of wine and feel woozy? (laughs) Stupid idiots. I like when people try and insult me. And I would remind them, you know, it's not about what I drank. I'm not going to give you an amount. I don't know what it's like to be here in jail. I don't know what it's like to be a different race or a different gender, but I do know what it's like to keep doing something that brings horrible consequences to my life. And despite those consequences, I keep doing that behavior or that thing and keep ending up in these situations. I keep doing things when I'm in my addiction that I would never do sober. I say things in my addiction that I would never do sober. So it's not about the amount. One person may drink two glasses of wine and go into a blackout. And one person may have to drink or guzzle gallons of vodka to have the same effect. The point is, it's not about what you're doing or ingesting. It's about what it's doing to you in your life. I also love that there are a couple of spots in the big book for me that gave me a lot of clarity. One of them And you can get the big book on anywhere, really, Uh, the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. On page 30, in more about alcoholism, I found this helpful. Most of us have been admit, (laughs) slow down, Julie. Most of us have been unwilling to admit we were real alcoholics. No person likes to think he is bodily and mentally different from his fellows, Therefore, it is not surprising that our drinking careers have been characterized by countless vain attempts to prove we could drink like other people. The idea 
that somehow, someday, he will control and enjoy his drinking is the great obsession of every abnormal drinker. The persistence of this illusion is astonishing. Many pursue it into the gates of insanity or death. Then it skips down. We alcoholics are men and women who have lost the ability to control our drinking. We know that no real alcoholic ever recovers control. All of us felt at times that we were regaining control, but such intervals, usually brief, were inevitably followed by still less control, which led in time to pitiful and incomprehensible demoralization. Over any considerable period, we get worse, never better. That reminds me of how I would have this illusion of control where I would not drink because the next day I had to do something, which was a 50-50 shot for me. I remember uh, being afraid to drop off my stepdaughter at her school because I could taste the alcohol in my mouth from the night before, and I was afraid that somebody would smell it or see it or somehow know, especially when um, my ex-husband and I got called into the principal's office because she was being bullied. And I was convinced I would stink up that room. Um, Sometimes I was able not to drink before something, uh, typically before flying because I wasn't a good flyer. And uh, the more clear-headed I went into the flight, the better for me and my anxiety, at which point I would get completely ruined on the flight and still be afraid. And then the second I land and get back to normal atmospheric pressure, be bombed for two days. Um, so those small illusions of controlling my drinking staved off my ability to get to rock bottom for a long time because look, I can drink like a normal person. Surely I don't have an issue. I especially love, I think it's page 40, 44, we agnostics. What a great chapter. Where is it? It starts with if. If. I wish I had music to play to you while I look for it. Oh. If, when you honestly want to, you find you cannot quit entirely, or if, when drinking, you have little control over the amount you take, you are probably an alcoholic. And then it says, and if that be the case, you may be suffering from an illness which only a spiritual experience will conquer. That's a whole other podcast. So what makes an alcoholic or an addict? Someone that can't control their intake. And it takes a, a rock bottom, really terrible rock bottom usually, in order for the scales to be removed from our eyes for us to say, I just can't do it anymore because we don't end up in AA meetings or rehab or hospitals because we just had a little bit too much to drink. (laughs) Typically, I don't like to say to make blanket statements, but this is the thing a lot of us suffer with when we first come in is we're looking for either why we're not an alcoholic, or why we are an alcoholic. A lot of us seek in the beginning to look at, is it a family thing? Is it genetic? Is it this? Is it that? In my experience, there's just as many alcoholics that come from a family of drinkers as those that don't. Go listen to speaker meetings, and you'll see that everybody with 
from a horrible childhood to a great childhood, being poor, being rich. Addiction does not discriminate. And addiction can be anything. It can be food. It can be sex. It can be validation. Um, I mean, social media. There have been times where I have spent eight to ten hours on social media. This happened a couple of summers ago. I felt like I was spending a lot of time on social media. And so I downloaded a free app that tracked my usage. And my guess at that point was I was around the four hour mark. And this app tracks, you know, if if you're on your phone, if you're texting, if you're on social media, if you're making notes, if you're because I do everything on my phone, I, my banking, all of my writing and poetry, school assignments, Excel spreadsheets. Um, I mean, you name it, like most of us do a lot of our stuff on our phones. And the very first 24 hour period where it gave me a report and I saw that I was I can't remember the number now, but it was over eight hours. And I was so ashamed, so ashamed. Social media is a very addictive thing. Casinos, gambling, gaming, shopping. We all have our go-to. We all have something we go to to forget or to cope with life. But when your go-to is robbing you of your life, robbing you of relationships, robbing you of your spirituality, your self-esteem, your sleep, your daily life, if, if you're obsessing and compulsive about something... That is most likely an addiction. We talk about in the program having an obsession of the mind, an allergy of the body, and the phenomenon of craving. And that usually categorizes in in a nice, succinct, bite-sized way what an alcoholic is. So if you happen to stumble upon this podcast and it's the first time you're hearing anything like this, I encourage you to do a Google search, call your local AA or CA, Cocaine Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous, Marijuana Anonymous. There's Emotion Anonymous, Overeaters Anonymous, Gamers Anonymous, Sex and Love Addicts Anonymous, which is actually a really amazing fellowship. Do some research. You won't have to look far. Everything you need is within a stone's throw away from you. Um, This podcast has, I have heard from all over the world, has been a really great resource for people to learn about things like the spirituality of the 12-step program or the steps in particular. Lisa and I together make up this podcast, Two Sober Chicks, and we have done a series where we discuss a step per podcast. And the information now is unlimited, and you can discreetly order books and resources from online retailers. You're not alone. We are a secret society of millions. We are everywhere, and we love to help each other, especially newcomers, because we're not very far removed if we're practicing our program correctly from how we first came in as little shaky, cryy, lost, poor babies (laughs) walking into a 12-step room and reaching out for help and finding so many people reaching back. So I thank you for listening to me, and I will talk with you soon. If you need to reach me, you can always email me, Julie, or you can reach Lisa, twosoberchicks at gmail.com, on Twitter or Instagram, at twosoberchicks, and we love hearing from you. So please do reach out, and I will talk to you soon.